KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Happy New Year, everybody. 2020 is finally done. It's dusted. We have a little under three hours left. And we are going to ring it in with you, the listener, the basketball fan. I am Ryan Chapman here for your franchise first take Thunder Post game show. I am joined in studio by the lovely, the talented Christine Butterfield. Hello. Our producer extraordinaire, Matt Burton. Hello, hello. And somewhere in the ether of Edmund, TV's Jerry. What's up, Jerry? Oh, my let me tell you something 2020 has been the longest 10 years of my life and i just want to be uh you know i, I want to be humble i want to be grateful and just say that all you guys uh especially you youngins down there that are hustling getting this done and doing it it means a little bit to me just a little just a little it it, it, it almost makes me like care how about that this is the most sincere i've ever heard jerry no, there was this one time I gave a speech before a Prince movie. And, and you, you cried! Saw, and then you saw what happened there. Oh, just the just the sadness was written all over your face. I felt so terrible. Absol- it's okay. Absolutely great radio as we are doing a show for the masses and only like 18 people were in the building that night. Great job, Jerry. <laughs> great job. Anyway, the headline, the Oklahoma City Thunder continue their rise to the top and by the top i mean the bottom the thunder are trying to lose games they lost this one big 113 to 80 the thunder are dealt their biggest loss of the season to the new orleans pelicans and let's just get right to it the most interesting thing the most fun thing this evening as the big kiwi steven adams returns earlier today we saw the thunder put out the official um tribute video on their Twitter sphere. They did not play it in arena, mind you, but Steven Adams, a big night. He played 31 minutes, 14 points, 7 to 13 shooting. He was a plus 15 and a big reason why the Pelicans absolutely dominated the Thunder in the paint. Christine, we'll start with you. Happy to see Steven Adams back? Yeah, I'm happy to. I was happy to see him not play for the Thunder, actually. And I know, really? Yeah. I just, don't, I just don't think he was fitting into their scheme anymore, and I think he plays a lot better with the Pelicans now and what they have kind of going on there. So I think he was very dominant tonight, obviously, and the points in the paint was just ridiculous. The Pelicans scored 54 points in the paint, the Thunder with a measly 30. So a lot of that came from the Steven Adams. Yeah, Steven and Zion are formidable, Jerry. Uh, You know, we've got all season to talk about the Thunder, but what did you kind of see tonight out of the Pelicans before Zion got into foul trouble that that makes Steven Adams such an attractive player to to pair with the young, budding superstar in Zion Williams? I mean, you teach him him what's what in the NBA. I mean, this guy is taking it. He's taking every blow that you can take to the chest, to the body, and to Draymond uh, finding a special place for him. I mean, he's been there. He's done that. And with Zion, Zion's a beefy guy. Zion's a guy that can use his leverage, uh, built like a uh, like a defensive tackle, like my good personal friend Kelly Gregg. And then you got Brandon Ingram. Uh, you could teach some toughness too. I mean, just automatically, 
it makes that team that much tougher. And honestly, his basketball IQ is off the charts. I know um, a handful of us have been in the scrums with him when he starts to talk about like these, you know, these plays he has. So it makes him tougher and it makes him smarter. And I don't know about you, Ryan, but I like my teams tough and smart. Well, you are a Pistons fan, so that makes that makes a lot of sense. You grew up on the bad boys. I actually didn't grow up on the bad boys. You're much older than that. Let's not give you that much credit. You uh, you came came into your own with the bad boys, so it makes sense. But turning the page to the Thunder, um, they've had a really balanced scoring attack for most of the season so far. The ball movement, the things like that. We can see Dagnall's system, what he wants it to be. But on a night like this, you, you kind of are left wanting, I feel like. Horford went for 17, Muscala at 10. Those were the only two members of the Thunder that were in double figures. Everyone else had a, a decent night, but no one really stepped up. And Jerry, this is kind of what the growing pains you're going to go through all year long, but it, should this be any reason to be concerned? Like SGA specifically, he's just not been efficient in, in any of his outings really all year long. I mean, I'll be very honest with you, and it's behind closed doors. It, it's not going to be anything they pull out in the media, and it's not that big of a deal. But this just in, this team is incredibly young, and you got to learn consistency and professionalism. And tonight, you could just see where they cashed it in. And it's sad. It really is. And there, it's an indictment on you know their professionalism this, tonight. It really was. But they're so young and you know everybody has their hands together oh they're tanking it's wonderful isn't it no this is something that they're going to have to learn you got to bring it every single night even the year that you're supposed to only win 18 to 20 games you still got to bring it horford the professional did it right the other kids man three of ten three of eight i mean basley uh you know who couldn't find the the broad side of a barn uh the other night still goes for two for six I mean, these are the cornerstones. You've got to show your worth. And every single one of these guys not getting in double digits, it's an indictment. It really is. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, after Al Horford and George Hill were out two nights ago, I would have thought that George Hill would have come out swinging, just you know, looking to make every single shot. But he was only two of five from three-point range, and he was only three of seven for field goals. So that was kind of disappointing. A disappointing night for him, I would believe. And like Ryan previously stated, Horford and Miscala were the only two players in double digits. That is something to be concerned with. And every team is going to have their off nights. But this one was a big one for the Thunder. And just seeing how well that they're moving the ball around, they're zipping it back and forth. You can see the chemistry showing through, but they just weren't able to get any of their shots to fall. So hopefully when they kind of get on the road, they can fix some of these issues. But it was a really disappointing night, I think, offensively f- as a whole. Yeah, and, and then, if I could, if I could just, I'm sorry, Matt. No, Burton. you're fine. Wow. Oh my god, you are fine. I just producer on producer violence all over Burton. the place on this show. What an a hole! Oh my gosh, I feel terrible. All right, hush up for just a second, Matt. Uh, to pick it back off of what. Uh, <laughs> What Christine was. I can turn his mic off, by the way. Oh, it's, it's not. He does. He has that power. God love you. Um, and he it, still doesn't. That's just a favor to you, Jerry. It's it's respect. That's what it is. Uh, but I mean, it's it's Isaiah Roby. It's Hamadou Diallo. I mean, well, Pokashevsky can't help himself. But uh, it's these other guys that just aren't doing. Teo Maladon, uh, only two of nine. I mean, you obviously the distraction is New Year's Eve. Obviously, the distraction is Stephen Adams back in town. 
And you got to. You absolutely got to get rid of all that and be a professional. I love it. Over the shoulder of Michael Cage right now, you can see Isaiah Roby because he was horrible at the free throw line tonight. You can see him taking free throws right now. That That's that's very, very heartwarming to me. But still, I think that it was a big night of distractions, and I think the young fellas got caught up in it. I'm, I'm sorry, Cougar Killer. Go ahead. <laughs> You're fine. No, all I was going to say was uh, you saw Horford getting into pick-and-pop situations early. I think that was uh, designed because uh, the Thunder – they know a thing or two about Steven Adams, right? Uh, perimeter defense, making him get out there, uh, not one of his strong suits. Uh, so they were killing them uh, with Horford early doing that. Um, I tweeted about this. I don't think Lonzo Ball gets enough credit uh, for his defense because he made Shea's night. He made Shea's night tough tonight. He made Shea work for everything uh, that he got, which was not much. It was eight points right. on three of ten shooting and 0 for 2 from the free throw line. He, he made... Uh, Lonzo Ball made Shea work for everything he got tonight. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think Lonzo Ball gets enough credit. That that dude can defend. Well, and those defensive efforts were, were fruitful for New Orleans because what's kind of been the book on the Thunder through the first few games here, what we've kind of been like, okay, this is something to watch all year long. It's that, that starting five, when it's at full strength, when Hill and Horford are not resting when they're playing, that starting five can be a competitive starting five. And then it's going to be like, you know, Russ's season after Kevin Durant left where it's can the bench just hold on and not just get absolutely murdered and keep you in the game. But tonight, that second unit came in and initially uh, the Pelicans got out to a little bit of a run, but the second unit actually kind of clawed clawed back and and left that game on even footing. And then it was the starters that gave up that 7-0 run to close the first half, things like that. And that was a testament to nobody for the Thunder um, first unit, second unit, no one had an answer for the two-headed monster in Steven Adams and Zion Williamson. No one was able to, you know, like you said, Shea was not able to, to get it going. Lou Dort got into foul trouble early, which which put a, a cold shower on his hot start to the season. Like, tonight, you cannot blame this one on the second unit just, you know, blowing the game, Christine. No, I thought their ball movement was actually really good. You know, I thought that they were playing well together, and... It was slightly surprising to me because the past couple of games we had seen the you know level of talent drop off, the level of experience obviously drop off, and so it was a- allowing them to just not get into the correct situations to score, and they were not doing well defensively either. But tonight, I thought that they held their own despite the fact that they couldn't get their shots to fall pretty much either. I thought Teo Maladon was actually good besides not getting some shots in, and as a whole, they were moving the ball well. But... Poku's got to figure some stuff out defensively. I'm sorry. Hold, hold that thought, Christine. Hold that thought. Like On the other side, once we get into the second segment, we're going to kind of talk about what we liked. But, Christine, you're going to go first here. I, I think you have the candidate for the Oklahoma City Thunders, tank commander of the game. We're good! Tanking! Yeah! Tanking through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody! All right, Christine, it's your time to shine. Who is your candidate? I, I think you've already spilled the beans here for the tank commander of the game. I did a little quick preview, but it's going to be, of course, Alexi Pokashevsky. Now he finally made a three. Great! Congrats cool finally we've been waiting for this but 
that's all he scored. One three. That's all he had. And despite him putting up multiple shots, just couldn't get him to fall. And defensively, he just looks like a lost lamb out there. He's just tripping over his own feet and just letting guys blow right by him. Yeah. That's it. The Serbian Slim Jim has had a rough run of it. Jerry, do you have a nominee for your tank commander of the game today? Okay, listen. The hardest thing for me to do is pick on kids. I'm just not that guy anymore, right? I'm not a bully. I, I Did you just spend are... the entire day picking on the Oklahoma Sooners for losing two football <laughs> games this year? And for having fun Don't... when they won? <laughs> I'm not that children... guy, Jerry. I, I believe the children are our future. Uh, okay. Give them balls and let them lead the way. But, man, Darius Baisley has to figure some stuff out. <laughs> Darius Baisley, that brother is going to have to figure some stuff out. I think he needs an identity. He does. I, right now, he is Mr. Everything. The guy is incredibly versatile and can do everything on the court. He really can. Now he just needs to pick a couple of things that he's going to do well and work on those during the game. You follow me, bro? I follow you. You can pat. Well, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking oh, to Darius Basley because obviously he's, he's listening. For sure. Sorry, you, you said bro. I just thought we were for to that level. You really think? You're bro. You really think Go ahead. that? I doubt. You know, I don't doubt. I doubt that Jerry would call any of us bro. Ryan Chapman is more like bra, like B R A H, like bra. Yeah, well, you're more like bra. Anyway, carry on. I'm sorry. Before I'm more I, like I'm more like B, bro. No, no, you're more like bra, and that's. B R U H. <laughs> All right, Jerry. Sorry, before I so rudely cut you off. It's okay. He cut off that's mine fine. earlier. That's fine. No, 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 no. That, hey, that's fine. Y'all get to have the whole third segment by yourself. Uh, I'm going to superstar this B. Anyway, uh, Darius Baisley needs to absolutely figure it out. And I think that this year he needs to work on scoring where his spot, quote unquote, spot is. And it sure as hell doesn't need to be. Uh, that that island over there that he's on in that corner and he needs to figure some stuff out and uh, rebounding and and scoring right now and then let the rest come to you big man all right and matt i believe that uh you don't bring a new nominee to the table here i don't know because it was alexei pokushevsky um i agree with christine uh just you know you can see it that he has some some feel for the game but when it comes down to that final product it's not there yet, which, hey, things are probably moving a little quickly for Pokusevsky right now. Anytime he gets into an NBA game, uh, it's I imagine that it's a little bit different than uh, Olympiakos B team. I feel like it Just the games, games may be played at a different speed, uh, so maybe he's adjusting to that. And then the pass of the century. The, he fired it about 90 miles per hour against the backboard. Bro, that I don't back, know what he was trying to do. That backboard <laughs> paddle hands. Yeah. Come, no on. Come on. Come on. Backboard hey, did not the catch that. No one could catch that. Johnny Bench isn't catching that in his prime. Trey Norwood's not catching that. And then he just threw the tallest pass I've ever seen to George Hill right by the base or the sideline. Poku, come on, bro. Yeah, not a good night. Not a good night. For me, uh, my, mine is Hamdu Diallo. I am over the Diallo ball handling experiment. I'm glad that we got to see Maldon just, you know, take the reins back of that second unit. Jerry, I don't know about you, but I feel like we kind of know what Hamadou Diallo is. He's he's an energetic guy. He can give you some defense, and he'll be a slasher and a transition dunker. Like, that's about it, and that's okay. That has a, that has a role on this team. That has a role going forward. Like, I get that this is the season to try new things and experiment, but that, that thing's just not going to work. 
There's an old saying in the rap game. You cannot make a, a woman of bad habits a housewife. They use other words, but you cannot make it. Yeah, I, you cannot make a, a, a woman of ill repute a housewife. And uh, they can't make Hami a, a point guard. He's, he's just not a point guard. He's a 2-3, and I love Adam Francisco's uh, and, and Suave. Shout out to Suave, me and him, the two flyest guys on the on the beat. Um, I love the fact that he, I love the fact that he calls him uh, a Desmond Mason waiting to happen, and it's absolutely true. Uh, the athleticism there, if they could just make him a bulldog on defense and just have him be uh, just average on offense, I think that they would have a very special player. But can't do it. You cannot put a woman of ill repute in house robe. Can't do it. Stay tuned to see if Hamdu Diallo has skills with a paintbrush as well. That is coming up next, as well as what we liked from this game. I know uh, you might say, Ryan, Christine, Jerry, Matt, this was a blowout. What the heck's going on? This is what we expect this year. Not every game can be close. So on the other side, we will dig into exactly what we saw that uh, you know gives you a little bit a glimmer of hope for things to come for the Oklahoma City Thunder. All of that and more coming up right here on the first take Thunder post game. We'll some of the franchise. Welcome back in to the franchise first take Thunder post game show. Thunder fall to New Orleans Pelicans, one thirteen to eighty on this new Oklahoma City tradition, the New Year's Eve home game for the Thunder, and a game that represented Stephen Adams' return. I Ryan Chapman. As I said, we are joined by Christine Butterfield, Matt Burton, and Jerry Ramsey. And I have to say, this is something that we discovered in the break. Jerry, I know you're not here, so you're not hanging around the studio with us. But Christine Butterfield just heard the term 10-4 for the first time. I don't understand what rock Christine is living under, Jerry. She is a Texas gal. I kind of feel like the truckers around there, a little old 10-4 good buddy. I, I don't under, I don't know how you go this long and just have never heard that before. Have you never uh, you never experienced a uh, CB radio, Christine? Unfortunately, no. Christine, have a, you ever seen a Smokey CB and the radio? Bandit? I'm Christine Butterfield. No, a CV radio, Christine. Ah, uh, no. Um, have you ever seen Smokey and the Bandit? I have not. No. Okay. So it's fine. It's fine. Is, it, is, I mean, it, it, I got it's berated in fine. this radio station for not knowing it. I just looked. I looked up at Ryan. I was like, "Am I supposed to know what this means?" <laughs> well, my friend, your chosen profession as of now is broadcasting, and the CB radio was the premier, premier broadcasting tool of the mid seventies. Hmm. Explains why I, I know you about know what. It. You have to have a handle. It's kind of like Twitter, only with the microphone. You have to have a handle. Did you? Did I mean? Well, I don't know. Maybe you can ask your parents if they had a handle. My mom and dad were uh, uh, quarter horse and lady quarter horse. And when I got to talk on the CB, I was the purple worm. The purple worm. Yes. <laughs> I, that doesn't sound. I. Like I, I am right. out. Anyway, the thunder. The thunder tonight. <laughs> Look, I know you might tell yourself, well, guys, the Thunder have, you know, obviously they won in Charlotte, played two competitive games. This one, um, you know, coming out of half, really, like like we said, the Pelicans closed the first half with that 7-0 run, and it, it was never really close after that. But, guys, I really do think that there is 
some great takeaways out of this. I, I was kind of talking with Christine and our good friend Brady Trantham as Christine, Brady, and I were actually in the arena tonight. And in that first quarter especially, um, Christine, you've already touched on this with the second unit, but even the first unit, that ball movement was really, really good. I thought they, they were setting up open three-pointers. I know they started 6 of 11 for three, and I kind of noted that it felt like they should have started eight or, or nine of 11 because I know that uh, Darius Baisley missed a wide open one. Mm-hmm. Mike Mascala started off, I think, with two wide open misses. And uh, I think that it's encouraging because, yes, while they're not knocking down shots right now, you, I think we're starting to see the building blocks, the foundation of what this Mark Dagnall offensive philosophy is going to be. And, and Christine, once the Thunder are able to kind of draft some some you know higher caliber players, bring those guys into the fold, where, where do you see this offense kind of going with, with what we've seen so far out of Dagnall and the Thunder? Watching the ball movement tonight made me believe that they have a ton of potential moving forward because even though they might not be hitting the shots a lot tonight or even in the next couple of games or maybe even the entire season, they are creating so many open opportunities just by making sure that their passes are crisp, making sure that there's players on the perimeter also um, pulling defenders into the lane while being able to kick it back out very quickly. So they're doing all the right things offensively to get the shots that they want. They just might not be knocking them down. So when you're able to get those players that you like, like maybe Kate Cunningham or, you know, like whoever is really high on the draft in the next couple of seasons and just putting them into that offense and integrating into their style of play, I think that it could be some really fun basketball to watch and some very competitive basketball as well. I don't know about the, I, oh, I don't sorry. know about this offense. That's that's fine. Uh, I don't know about this offense. Um, th- there are times when it looks pretty crisp for five dudes uh, who've only played you know a couple of preseason games and um, some you know and and some regular season games, but you know doubt hasn't crept in yet. And you can kind of see it creeping in just a little bit. Uh, I think Darius Baisley is the first one. Uh, I think Poku is feeling himself around what he can actually do. I like that uh, he's looking to pass the ball a little bit more uh, than he initially started. I know he wanted to get that seal broken, and um, he finally got that done, but he learned he could pass along the way and do some other stuff. But what I don't want – okay, so the play of the night uh, tonight on the broadcast – was a George Hill to Al Horford pass. And I'll just go into that broken record that I've been into for a couple of years. Whenever you have a bunch of veterans and you're trying to school some young kids, you want that play of the night to be one of the youngsters. And, you know, in that first segment, Christine, you refer, you know you referenced George Hill not having a good shooting night. I, I don't care about that because that guy is basically a walking commodity. He's not the future of the Oklahoma City Thunder. What does bother me, like I said, is whenever the three youngsters don't shoot well and they're not the the play of the night. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess I would say this is the fourth game of the season. How long did it take last year once Chris Paul decided to buckle in that he was going to be here? Like, How long did it take for that Thunder team to really start to gel together like I understand that the focus this year needs to be the youth and you're seeing that with Shea Gillis Alexander being basically forced against his will almost it looks like at times to just take more shots everyone's saying no 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 you take the shot but I I think you're gonna see bits and pieces of Hill and Horford just get into their flow and just doing veteran NBA things just as a result of the fact that 
there was no real preseason camp, was no real preseason. Horford was here for an even shorter amount of time than George Hill was. Like there were times tonight that uh, Mike Muscala, I don't know if you could really see this on the broadcast, Jerry, but especially in that second quarter, Mike Muscala was doing a really nice job kind of coaching that second unit through the rotations and, and making sure that that offense moved. I, I think it's just going to take 10 games maybe for all of that to kind of sink in and for the reins to fully be given over to the youngsters. Because while, yes, it's a season where y- your goals aren't really to win basketball games, things like that, like, these veterans still are, are used to playing a role and it's a role adjustment for them to be like, okay, we're, we have to feed those young guys. So like in 10 games, if we're still having this stuff, totally agree. We, we can talk about that, Jerry, but I guess I'm, I'm just not as worried about it right now. Cause it is only, you know, game four of 72. No, I hear you. I, I, I do, but that's, we can only do what sample size we have. And right now the sample size we have is that, uh, I do want to add in a little bit of Mike Muscala. Uh, that guy is quickly turning into, uh, is he going to be a piece of this future, or is he turning into an incredible asset? I mean, that right now, Mike Muscala uh, is, I think he's turning some heads of some GMs that might make a call for him. And uh, Sam Presti, just one more jewel in his crown of uh, assets. Yeah, I I think that he's looking into a nice little piece for another team. You know, he's been shooting pretty well. And I think if the right trade comes along or the right situation, Sam Presti might just be like, can we get like three picks and uh, maybe bye. Yo. Well, Mike Muscala for three picks. Yikes. Yeah. Right? I not mean, in any world. So three, three second round picks maybe. But I, I feel like we can't give Sam Presti all of the credit for finding Mike Muscala because, I mean, a little draft and trade action. The Hawks said, we want this guy to be no, a part of our I future know, early on. And I know it didn't where you're going out. with this, but somebody took a coach flight to Minnesota, right? Knocked on his door. It's like, hey, what's up? Mind if I come in? Got a great, great growth opportunity for you in Oklahoma City. He basically sold him Arbon. And got him here to Oklahoma City. I loved it. It, it. Give Sam Presti all of the credit. Sam Presti, noted pyramid scheme master in Jerry's book. Well, look, I, I mean, this is something that, that needs to be a development because, look, Trevor Reza is not a part of this team right now. That's a guy that y- you have to imagine Sam Presti, when you're talking contracts, when you're talking math, that was a guy that Sam Presti's like, yes, he can absolutely come in. He can hit a few threes over a 10-game stretch, and we can ship him out somewhere else. Well, he's not a part of this team. George Hill, he doesn't become an expiring deal until next year, I believe, if my math is correct. Horford's two years down the line. So neither of those guys are in the realm of attractive contract. You know, bad contract becomes good contract. So you need someone to step into that Ariza role. But uh, look, another guy I kind of want to talk about here, we saw this happen last time out for the Thunder. No George Hill, no Al Horford. A little bit of surprise. Isaiah Roby, the surprise addition to the roster. He, we, I, you know, I think we all kind of had him pegged as one of those guys that wouldn't make the fifteen. He stepped in. He was pretty decent, you know. Uh, and then tonight, more good minutes from him. I, I know that he's playing kind of a small five role, and any small five really is just going to get absolutely torched by Zion and Stephen Adams. But I actually thought he hung in there. He gave the Thunder some tough minutes, and and Christine. 
Can Roby be a part of this team going forward? I believe so. I've, if they're really about developing and improving their players, from what I've seen from him so far, I do think he can grow into a more substantial role, role for the Thunder moving forward, especially when they don't really have a big presence down low. Not like you know would be this monster by any means, but since they are lacking that presence in general, I think that would help him in the long run since... They're, they just need people <laughs> down low, frankly. And if they're going to be playing him at that small five position, he could see some um, some success down there just because they do need people. He will get experience. He will get time. And since he's been playing pretty well the past couple of games, especially last uh, last game, he could turn into one of the role players for the Thunder, I think, if he really you know works on his shooting, works on his post presence, if that's where they want him, and just grows with the team and builds that chemistry. I don't see why they would trade him away or you know, do anything else at that point. Yeah. Jerry, do you think that Roby could be one of that versatile guys off the bench, you know, two or three years from now when the roster looks a little bit different? Or let me give you it, let me give you a, a this year thing. Let me give you a name. And it, listen, and this is top shelf. This is him really rising to that. But Demonis Sabonis, right? Demonis Sabonis. Tell him. But look, okay. But look Whoa. at what the, look at what his skill set is, right? He can hit a jumper. He uh, can play the perimeter. He's big enough and tough enough to battle with guys bigger than his size. He's already done it in a couple times that we've seen him. Now, listen, I'm telling you, this is the mold that you have with the kid, and he is absolutely energetic and exciting to watch. Uh, way more energy than Demonis Sabonis gave in his rookie year. Um, well, he didn't I, have I, Russell Westbrook berating him every time he tried to take and a see, shot. I think that's what, what he needs is he needs a veteran just yelling at him constantly uh, to take the shot, take the shot, damn it. Uh, but <laughs> I, I think that he is undersized for a five, but has all the energy. And I think that he has a uh, just a bunch of finesse for a four. And he's too big to be a three. So I just sort of see him in that, you know, and Devonis Sabonis grew his way. I mean, we see what a monster he is now four or five years down the road. And this is just a pup. But I see the energy there, and I'm telling you, it, it did not get lost on me. I'm watching the postgame show with uh, Michael Cage and Chris Fisher, and over Michael Cage's shoulder, I can see him out there shooting free throws because he had such a crap night at the free throw line. It warmed my heart. It really did. It stopped me in my tracks. So I, I like the kid, and, and absolute pie in the sky, 100%, Demonis Sabonis, is like what you're looking at, that type of player. Uh, too small for five, but too big for three. You heard it here first. Future Eastern Conference All-Star. Isaiah Roby taking the floor. Jerry, if he's going to be Sabonis, that's who you're flipping for three first-round picks, right? Can I not be optimistic? I mean, 2020's over, bro. It's, it's over. It's not like- over. It's not over. There's two hours, seven and a half minutes left. And, Do you uh, want to... You want to hear this? I am waiting to get off this show what so I can crack this sucker, okay. crack this sucker open, huh? What, what is it? Are you breaking up? What is it? It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a oatmeal cream pie. Yeah, it's one of the fat, one of the fat ones too. Did, oh, I have to ask Jerry. Did you have your black eyed peas this evening? Because they gave us black eyed peas in the peak. No, no, no. no. Okay, are you supposed to eat them tomorrow or today? Today. I always eat. I always eat them on New Year's Day. I feel like either would work, I guess. So, uh, so I, are you planning to do it, was... it 
Here, stand by. Talk amongst yourselves. Google machine. Are you going to Google? I thought, I thought when you ate it the day before so that you would have luck going into the new year. Have you been screwing this whole thing up? Is this why 2020 happened? Because you're eating them the day before? All right. This is from Beans and Greens. Why do Southerners eat black-eyed peas? And I quote, for the best chance of luck every day in the new year, Eat 365 black-eyed peas on January 1st. New Year's Day, January yep. 1st. All right, so Jerry eating it tomorrow, which means the Thunder, they did give us our serving of black-eyed peas in the form of a little, let's get it started, huh? let's get it started, <laughs> in the peak. So if 2021 sucks, it's on the Thunder, basically is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you I heard d- it here first. I didn't. I, I knew didn't that. By the way, it. are you eating your black-eyed peas with snaps? What are snaps? Field snaps? What, little, like they're what little, like little green little, little green pea snaps that come with your black eyed peas. Uh, what black eyed peas are you getting? Jerry, can we all just go to your house tomorrow? I have no the wild world of whatever the heck you're operating in right now. I I have no idea. All I know is black eyed peas cornbread. That's like well, jalapeno cornbread, and I know because you know you're Hispanic, you really appreciate the jalapeno cornbread. <laughs> Of course. Much like myself. Of course, of course. Okay, Jerry, I know that you're not going to be sticking around with us for segment number three, so any last thoughts on uh, 2020 as a whole, since it's the last little bit of radio you'll be doing in this year? Any last thoughts <laughs> on the Thunder's 113-80 to 80 loss to the New Orleans Pelicans? First and foremost, uh, I don't know how many years that I've done this damn postseason or, or this postgame uh, on New Year's Eve. Times. And it's oh. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, this season, uh, my bad. Uh, how many I've done uh, of these things, and usually I'm in a suit and I'm at Flint and I'm enjoying a uh, a fun beverage or whatever. And damn it, I I have not missed covering the Thunder as much as I did today in the way that we used to do it. Uh, I'm sitting here in my pajamas, about to get down in an oatmeal cream pie. Uh, I am drinking Guinness though. I found the darkest yeah! beer that I could find. That's right, room temperature, and as it uh, should be. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, I just, man, I, I just, uh, 2020 has just been crazy. Uh, not a fan, uh, but I appreciate all the work uh, that I've put into covering the Thunder and the NBA. And uh, you guys have done a hell of a job uh, following in line and uh, just showing your passion. I mean, let's just face it. Like, it's not the most equitable thing in the world to do uh, is follow this team and cover this team. And you guys have all, every single one of you, Christine, Ryan, uh, Matt Burton, even, you know, beautiful Brady, who took the night off because, you know, he worked so hard last night. Weren't you in the Cotton Bowl, Ryan? Uh, Some of us wrapped in John Hoover's hotel room at 3 a.m. last night. So... Forgive me. Forgive me if I'm a little insensitive. I thought I was a hazer. John Hoover makes you rap? Yeah, we were rapping. We were rapping tons of presents. There were no uh, there was R and B. It was beautiful. That was welcome <laughs> to SI Sooners. Ryan, please freestyle this cotton ball rap. John Thank Hoover's you. a really good beatboxer, from what I hear. Okay. I've heard that. Yes, I have heard that. Um, and just let Ryan, Christine, I know that you guys are going to drink the tallest, coldest glass of milk uh, before you nestle Chocolate in milk. with your you know with your jammies. And uh, settle in for 2021, but uh, Dragon Slayer back there, Burton. Uh, I mean, are you are you going to be able to uh, resist any uh, carnal knowledge this evening and go to bed like a good boy? Oh yeah, I'll go to bed at some point. 
This has been a tough time for for old Maddie Burton. They shut down the nursing homes, the retirement villages. He's just been struggling since March, man. I know. I have to be like a close family member. It's like these it's, rules, man. All these rules. You just could say you're a, you're a second or third cousin, and maybe that that would fly. It. Then it gets or weird, maybe you're Christina, their second okay. or third cousin. I mean, this is the South. Yeah. Then that uh, would make it weird, Christine. Yeah, there's right? no pretending. I, don't, I, don't, I think it would be okay. I just think it's, I, it's, me, it's okay in Mean Girls, isn't it? Yeah, I, I just think it's really weird that Matt, in his Amazon searches, he has like all these different wristband colors for every day of the week, and he's like binoculars <laughs> looking in the wind. It's been, it's been weird. It's been weird. Okay, Jerry, thank you so much for joining us on this New Year's Eve edition. While Jerry Ramsey will be departing, we are not, though. Stick right here. We've got more Post game coming at you. We've got a preview of what the Thunder have ahead. Christine had a little poll out on Twitter about Stephen Adams that we have to get to, and all of that right here on the franchise first take Thunder post game show. We'll be back here in a few. Ryan Chapman, Christine Butterfield, and Matt Burton rocking with you here to ring in the new year. We are about oh just a hair under two hours away from 2021. And I think I speak for everyone when we say thank goodness. But New Year's Eve means the Thunder hosting a home game. That tradition stayed intact this year. In Stephen Adams' return, the New Orleans Pelicans emerged victorious 113-80 to over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Adams himself, 31 minutes, he had 14 points on 7-13 of shooting. Put up 10 boards, a double-double for the big Kiwi. On the Thunder side of things, Al Horford led the way with 17 points. He was 7 of 9 shooting from the field. Mike Muscala, second on the team, 10 points, 4 of 7. Then the youth. The youth struggled tonight. Lou Dort, hot start offensively, but got into foul trouble early. Only 8 points for Lou, 3 of 8 shooting. SGA, 8 points, 3 of eight, three of 10 shooting. Ball made it tough on him. And then Darius Baisley. Baisley had a tough night as well. Seven points, two of six shooting, only added four rebounds and two assists, four turnovers for the youngster Baisley. But that being said, the Thunder were not the only team to play basketball this evening. Matt, would you care to take us around the association? That would be lovely. Um, we're going to start off with the team that Jerry just... Just compared Isaiah Roby to Demontis Sabonis, the, the Indiana Pacers. Um, the Indiana Pacers were victorious tonight over the Cleveland Cavaliers, one nineteen to ninety nine. And I just exited off the NBA scoreboard, but nailed uh, it. Yeah, you're killing it, Matt. But sneaky, oh, Matt. sneaky. I do remember one thing that I was looking at though. Sneaky yeah. choice for most improved player this year, Colin Sexton. For the Cleveland Cavaliers. Running that sex land backcourt. 28 points, 4 assists tonight for Colin Sexton. This guy's been putting up some numbers, uh, especially in the point category. So, uh, sneaky, a sneaky dark horse to watch for most improved, improved player. Uh, the guy that Isaiah Roby is most like, according to Jerry Ramsey, DeMontis Sabonis, ended with 25 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. Sounds like Roby. Sounds like an identical sat line. Quick, quick sidebar, MIP, dumbest award in professional sports. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, you were terrible last year, but hey, we're good this year. So there you go. Um, (laughs) And it's just and 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 if there's no one that that was terrible and then good, it's just hey, whoever was in the MVP race or or the Rookie of the Year race that didn't win it, 
Congrats. Yeah. You get MIP. It's and like, whoever surprised us. With yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, cool. It's like when I went to the airport and someone looked at my passport picture and said, wow, you look so much better now. You're just like, uh. Oh, you're like, is, that a, is that a compliment? Insult? What is happening? <laughs> How am I supposed to What is happening? Most improved player. I don't know. Backhanded compliment. We go to Washington. Where the Wizards. Ooh, they cannot get it right. Whatever they're trying to get right, they cannot get it. Go to 0-5. Go to 0-5 on the year. And early shocking contender with the Thunder. I who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? The, the, the Thunder would be in direct competition with Russell Westbrook <laughs> and Scott Brooks. And Scott Brooks. Um <laughs> they lose to Billy Donovan, of all people, and the Chicago Bulls 133 to 130. Tonight, Otto Porter led the way for the Bulls with 28 points and 12 rebounds. Russell Westbrook, yet another triple-double with 22 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. Bradley Beal also poured in 28. So did Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant with 28 points tonight. That's a shocker. Yeah, but apparently it didn't even matter. Didn't matter. In the five. Didn't even matter. <laughs> Westbrook, triple-double, check. Got the L, check. Sounds Westbrook's special. Right. Hitting all the boxes. Special. Hitting all the boxes, baby. Um, feels like 2017. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Orlando Magic took on the Philadelphia 76ers tonight in Orlando. The Sixers come out victorious, giving the Magic their first loss. Magic, their first loss of the year, 116 to 92. Seth Curry and Joel Embiid led the way for the 76ers with 21 apiece. And Nikola Vucevic, who I think is the most underrated player in the NBA, 19 points and 10 boards to lead the way for the match. There you have it. Any thoughts? No? Nah. No, okay, really. cool. I just, sorry. No, you're good. It's you're hard good. for me to, still, hard, still moving along. hard for me to get into magic basketball. <laughs> no magic but, takes, huh? No, nah, sorry. <laughs> no, no strong basketball opinions. Uh, here, you want, you want, you want a wow. magic take? The Orlando Magic lost their first game wow. in the NBA season. Urban Magic Johnson. <laughs> Would have thought, yeah, right. Uh, can't wait for that tweet. Can't wait for that tweet tonight. Um, the Houston Rockets got their first victory of the season tonight against the Sacramento Kings in Houston, one twenty-two to one nineteen. James Harden led the way with thirty-three points, eight assists, six boards. Uh, Christian Wood, twenty-one points, twelve rebounds uh, for the Rockets. Harrison Barnes led the way for the Kings with twenty-four. Uh, yeah, no, no, really. Ta- I don't really have any takes on that either. Don't really I, have takes on any of the rest of these games. To be it's, honest, it's just one of those things of. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how the James Harden experience. I was supposed to say the same thing. I'm surprised that he was balling out so hard, considering the fact that he's had so many dramatics with the Rockets already this season. Look, the trainers in Atlanta are undefeated. All right. If the, is that what they're calling the train? That <laughs> regimen, yeah, that regimen. It's a, it's a new workout. Calling them trainers. It's, it's it's almost magic. Calling them trainers. <laughs> almost magic. Almost magic. All yeah. right. Yeah. Is that the? No, we that, got we got two more. Two, two more? more. We'll hit them Here quick. We we'll hit them quick. The Toronto Raptors get their first win of the year uh, against the New York Knicks, one hundred to eighty three in Toronto tonight. Fred VanVleet led the way. With 25 points in that one, Kevin Knox, Julius Randle both had 16 apiece to lead the way for the Knicks. And then about seven minutes left in this one, uh, Suns are on top of the Utah Jazz right now, 91 to 77. That Chris Paul guy's pretty good, eh? Not bad. Not bad. They're three and one. Probably about to go to four and one. Good. Yeah, not too good shabby, eh? 
A. Yeah, to all those, and that was around the association. Thank you, Matt. You're so welcome. Great Good to work. all those Suns fans who didn't want to trade for Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah. Screw you them. could have Kelly Oubre right now, who hasn't made a shot. Man, is that? Are we going to look we back? Really messed out, guys. Are we going to look back we and be like covering Kelly Oubre? Sam Presti's biggest mistake as a general manager: not the inability to re-sign <laughs> Kevin Durant, <laughs> not the inability uh, to to keep. Russell. Serge Ibaka and James Harden, everyone paid to, to keep Russ, all that stuff. It's Kelly Oubre just lost to out. lead the tank. Mm. <sighs> Rough. Rough. All right, if you're just tuning in, uh, first off, welcome. Glad you're spending your New Year's Eve with us. Like we said, the New Orleans Pelicans, 113-80 to 80 winners over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Stephen Adams returned tonight, and this is always really interesting. So my first game covering the Thunder was last season, uh, Russell Westbrook's return game. I was very intrigued with how the crowd was going to handle Russ because obviously he is, you know, the beloved son of Oklahoma City. Would they cheer for them during the game? All that stuff. Um, you know, the crowd behaved themselves really like incredibly like they were fully behind Russ in the pregame, but then 100% behind the Thunder once the game started, stuff like that. Obviously, tonight, very, very different set of circumstances. There's no crowd there. Only piped-in crowd noise, so no way to react like that. Um, the tribute video, the Thunder did put that out on Twitter, but they didn't play it in the arena. So uh, our co-host here, Christine Butterfield, brilliantly wanted to take the pulse of Thunder Nation since the fans can't be in the arena. Christine, you had a poll out about Steven Adams, I believe. I did, because I was, like you said, Ryan, curious about how the fans were feeling about Steven Adams tonight because... You know, sometimes when old players come back, either they don't care or sometimes they just want them to have this amazing night back in the Chesapeake Arena. So I asked the people of Twitter, where do your loyalties lie regarding the Steve Adams situation? And I put out four different options. And can I just say, I am astounded that one of them did not get more traction. So Steven Adams, those of you who don't know, has the cutest dog. So sweet. So adorable. Just uh, Just a good boy. Photogenic. Ah, Amazing. And so one of the options was just want his puppy pics. Only 9%. Only 9. Well, it's because you threw that one in there as as kind of a joke. People don't joke around when it comes to Steven Adams. It's not a joke. Thunder fans fans don't joke around when it comes to Steven Adams, okay? I learned that lesson the hard way. Holy crap, guys. (laughs) Thunder fans love them some Steven Adams. Love them some Big Kiwi. Yes. So... Next up was whatever helps the tank with 26%. So about half of everyone said, we just want the tank. So if, if he's shooting good, doesn't matter. We just want it. A fourth of everyone. Yes, a fourth. Perfect. Great. Just wanted to make sure we have our... The Texas high school education. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yikes. Anyway, Coming from Houston, she only speaks in three-pointers and dunks. Matt. Nothing yet. No right. other math. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's about all I got. <laughs> She's Sorry, like, guys. I was told there would be no math. Right. I really was, and I was really, I grossly underestimated how the world works. Happens. Anyway, moving forward, the last two are practically in a tie right now. Super, super close. And they were, please make every shot for Steven Adams. Please, Steve Adams, make every right. single shot. Or guard him hard and win the game. Okay. Please make every shot, 32%. Okay. Guard him hard and win. Wow, so 33% of the fan base just does not understand what's happening this season. No, 33% doesn't, and 32% would rather Steven Adams made 100% of his shots tonight 
than anything else to happen. I mean, to be fair, Steven Adams could go 30 for 30 and Pelicans could lose the game, stuff like that, I guess. Then maybe maybe they're trying to do that. I don't know. But oh, that's always intriguing when you have big player returns like that, especially because Oklahoma City is such a young franchise, 13 years old, haven't had too many guys that have just even had the chance to be here long enough to, to build those kind of inroads and those relationships. But I'm here to tell you, Steven Adams returned, and his flip-flops are still whack. Hot take. Everyone loves those flip-flops. They're gross. They're disgusting. I don't want it. Anyway, Christine, uh, let's look ahead. The Thunder, 1-3 in three now, but uh, the road ahead does not get any simpler for the Thunder, and they could really... Uh, go on an ugly skid here. This might be, Christine, the first reality check for Thunder fans, I feel like, this next stretch. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough, especially when they're on the road for so long. So let's go ahead and go right into it. They're going to play every two days. So Thunder fans, you can be slightly excited. You play every two days. Yeah, I mean, plenty of time to recover. Don't have to worry about those back-to-backs. I know those are really tough on the fan base. It's the fans we're worried about here. They're tough on us for sure, having to... Wake up and be like, oh my gosh, there's another game. Like, I don't have time to watch the game back twice. And, I don't have time to go get snacks. There's just not enough hours in the day. Gotcha. But, so, they play the Orlando Magic again on the second. Then they travel to play the Miami Heat, which should be fine because, you know, they're both in Florida. So, not a lot of travel lag there. But, then they head over to the New Orleans Pelicans. They will be facing off against them again. And then they're going to travel up all the way north to the New York Knicks. And then they play the Nets. And that ends the Brooklyn Nets. And then that ends their road game spurt. Build a road trip here. All right, Matt, let's let's go through it here. And, Christina, I want your thoughts as well. Five games at Orlando, at Miami, linking up again with the Pelicans, at the Knicks, at Brooklyn. Do the Thunder win... Ah, game, Matt. They win a game. They beat the Knicks. They beat the Knicks. They beat the I Knicks. think they beat I the think, Knicks. Too. I think they're better than the Knicks. Are we sure? Which is saying something. I'm not sure, but I, I think on paper, at least, One they should hope. be better. They should be better than the Knicks. If they can't beat the Knicks, then they. I don't think they can beat anyone. The Knicks. The Knicks are terrible. The Knicks they're, beat they're the crap so out of the Bucks, though. Hot take: The sure. Knicks are bad at basketball. Yeah, that was. Copy paste right. next for the, ten yeah. for the last ten years, but I mean the Knicks they they showed a little spunk one thirty to one ten winners over Milwaukee. Oh, I would say you could line up the five best teams, and I would say the Thunder probably steal one because I think that's just the weird NBA season that we're going to operate under this year. There is no home court advantage, so while you may be saying yes, five game road trip that is a grueling travel schedule, all that, and you're right, but it's not like. These players are going out, partying, all that stuff. It's not like they have, you know, road crowds to deal with, all that stuff. I think looking down at... oh, At least for now. Yes, We, could, we don't correct. know what's going to happen after the All-Star break. So it could end up being that halfway through the season, it will matter. But as of right, right now, Ryan, you're right, it doesn't. Yeah, and if you look at the splits right now, uh, this is current as of Monday. It was about 50-50 on home teams, road teams, which is well below... Um, The normal average. Um, Orlando, like we said, I'm not huge believers in the Magic. I know they started off hot, so Orlando could be one. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Miami, they're not going to be able to compete with Miami. The Nets, if the Nets care, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving lock in for 20 minutes of that game, that one should not be close. And I just think this Thunder team is a bad matchup 
with the Pelicans. Yes, offensively, they can exploit that Steven Adams matchup, as we kind of saw as Al Horford was the only one with a ton of real offensive success. But they have no answer for Steven Adams and Zion Williamson on the other end of the floor. So I'd say you're looking at that Orlando game. You're looking at that Knicks game, obviously, anytime you're playing the Knicks. Like, come on. Yeah, you can't size up against that Pelicans like that. Yeah, It's, it's, it's tough as it is. But for the Thunder, it's extremely excruciating because they're they're just playing very small ball right now. And we saw it tonight. We'll probably see it again when they match up again in the next couple days. Right. It's not going to be good again. And in their home court, it's not really going to matter. But still, not great. And if they don't if they don't steal one at the Knicks or they don't steal one in Orlando, not a lot of hope for this Thunder team. I mean, a five-game skid, that's kind of why I talk about that reality check. If the Thunder somehow go winless on this road trip, all of a sudden, yes, you got the win on night one. Those first two games are competitive, but going one and eight, going one and nine, anything like that, that's tough sledding for any team. And I don't care how close every game is, Matt. Like, if you're on a four, five-game skid, like, that's tough to watch at some point. And just, just looking through... The schedule after this five game stretch, you got at home against San Antonio. It's not going to be easy. Right. Then you have the Lakers. Mm -hmm. Then you have the Bulls, who are improved. Then you have the 76ers. Then you have the Nuggets. Then you have the Clippers twice in a row. And then Portland, Phoenix, Brooklyn, Houston, Houston. So this could get very ugly. Yeah. Real those quick. those opponents after this road stretch, that that is going to be tough. I'm sorry. Can I interject real quick? Of course. You mentioned the Spurs. Oh yes. Becky Hammond. Becky yeah, shout out hair. Becky Hammond. Sorry, that's hold on. That's Coach Becky Hammond to everyone she out there. Was the first women's head coach ever. Yes, that she, happened. She took over after Pop got ejected, which I kind of feel like Pop gets ejected nowadays, just to be like Becky, Tim. When he, Tim's not on the staff anymore, right? Tim Duncan. I don't think so. I don't think yeah, so. but when when he was last season, Becky, Tim, you guys get some coaching experience. I'm taking the night off. Your girl, Becky Hammond. Ugh. She got out there, although unfortunately, does that, that was, go, does that go down as fault. a a pop loss or a, oh, yeah. or a loss, Becky loss? 100%. Pop started pop. the game. Yeah, okay. started the game. So yeah. it, it goes on his record. I was just, I just know we did the thing with Luke Walton a few years back. I didn't know if we were going to do the same thing with Becky. Uh, I'm going to vote no. Absolutely. Yeah, pop was actually there. Pop was actually there. Steve Kerr wasn't won there when Luke Walton did it. Huh. Weird oh. thing. Interesting. I Luke Walton was a great coach when he had Steph. <laughs> when he had the best play. team ever assembled. <laughs> He's a great coach. Weird. Great Crazy. coach. But getting back to the. But at the moment at hand, Becky Hammond, first women's head coach in all NBA history. So proud for her. So proud for what this is going to mean for the future. Seeing women in that position. I just, I can't speak enough positive affirmations to her and how strong she is, how much she's respected as a coach. All the players talk about it. The coaching staff talks about it, that she's not there to mess around. And she's just highly respected by the entire organization. And I think now by the entire (laughs) public. Right. So uh, just an incredible accomplishment. And I'm so glad to see that the NBA is projected into a more female leadership place. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the really powerful images from that, not to go to Spurs here, is um, there was a, a photo or two during like a timeout where uh, Coach Hammond's out on the floor and she's like directing traffic and things like that. And every single member of that Spurs huddle is completely locked in, making eye contact, engaged, all that stuff. And I think that that uh, 
obviously great work by Coach Hammond because they work with her every single day. They know how legit she is if she's not. You know, all that stuff. It, it shows, A, that obviously she commands that kind of respect out of that team, but also shout out to them because, like, take female, male, uh, 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 you know, set that to the side. There are tons of players in this league that are just indifferent toward their coaches in general. So, right. uh, you know, shout out to both the Spurs team and Becky Hammond right there. But, yeah, it could be a tough road ahead. But for now, hold on to the competitive things, competitive, those competitive games. Hold on to the little things. Matt, before we get out of here, before we let the people go socially distance, party the night away, party away 2020. Any final thoughts from the Steven Adams return game? Um, it was good to see Steven back. It was good to see Steven back. I felt like he was underappreciated when he was here. Um I like I like Steven Adams a whole lot. I, I've underappreciated in a basketball sense, not as like the guy, like the the person Steven Adams. We all love we all love the person Steven Adams, but his as far as his impact on the court, I felt like he was a little bit appre- underappreciated. Um, so it was good to see him back. Uh, I miss I miss having Steven on the Thunder, but just wasn't how. Yeah, it wasn't he wasn't going with the trajectory that the the Thunder are trying to go with. Um, but overall, just. Tough night. One of those nights. Nothing. Nothing's falling. You know, just one of those nights. It's gonna. There's. You're gonna have a few of those, especially with this team. For sure. Christine, anything before we get out of here? Yeah, I was happy to see him back. You know, he was one of those players that every time he had, we had player availability, he was one of the best people to talk to. One of the most fun and charismatic guys of the group, and so his presence is definitely missed. I think, and and I think a lot for Thunder fans and the culture of the Thunder, he was a bookmark of that for such a long time. So kind of having him back in the city, it was nice. And I think that he's fitting into the New Orleans Pelicans very well. I think it's a good move for him and a good move for the Thunder too, for where they're trying to go. So mutual breakup, if you will. But yeah, unfortunately for the Thunder, this loss tonight, it's just one of those you got to let go of. Shots aren't falling. Sometimes there's something you can do about it. You just got to put it out of your brain and move forward. And hopefully they'll have a fresher take because they're just going to be going on this long road game spurt. So just be able to kind of lock that away and move forward. Yep, for sure, for sure. Steven Adams, a pro's pro. Never too worried about how he's going to fit in with the Pelicans there. But he does kind of provide something that uh, this team doesn't have right now. I know that Shea Gilchrist Alexander has kind of been, you know, Put up, put up on that pedestal as the face of the franchise, and and rightly so, and so is Darius and Lou Dorr. But we just we haven't had those guys in the league long enough to really see what kind of personality they have, and and they don't seem to have those huge, larger than life personalities that a Russell Westbrook had, that Stephen Adams had. So something that the the franchise is kind of missing right now. So it was really cool to have him back in the building, and I can't wait for his first game back when there are fans, because I I think that. The Thunder very intentionally put together that video but didn't play it tonight. I think they'll have that on the back burner, and I think it'll be a really special moment. So, uh, again, game didn't go the Thunder's way tonight. 113-80, to they fall to the New Orleans Pelicans. But, hey, New Year's Eve, 2020 is almost over. That's a good thing. Got to see Steven Adams in the Chesapeake Energy Arena again. That is a good thing as well for Matt Burton, for Christine Butterfield. For Jerry Ramsey, I'm Ryan Chapman. This has been your franchise first take Thunder post game show. Keep your radio dial glued right there to that 1077. Coverage starts all over again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Franchise morning show. We get back to it. The show rolls 
on. But for now, we must say goodbye, and we will see what the Thunder do on this road trip again. 113-80, they fall to the Pelicans. Have a good night, and Happy New Year, everybody. Stay safe.